Dr. Nimrod Mbili is an academic, a successful businessman who has a talent to simplify business and make it relevant beyond the boardroom. Catch Dr. Nimrod Mbili live at Beyond Governance, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbili. A very, good evening, a very good evening to all and welcome to tonight's installment of Beyond Governance. Uh, my name is Nimrod Mbele. Um, it's always a pleasure to be in your company. Um, I suppose we all welcome a very cool weather uh, following a, a, a blistering uh, heat um, that uh, literally attacked Johannesburg and the better part of the country. Irrespective of the patterns of the South African weather, we, we are obviously in a very pleasant uh, environment considering a number of eventful incidents. Uh, last week we had a conversation uh, around the state capture and a testimony given by Pravin Gordon this week will, will obviously give us uh, insight as, as a follow-up. Um, we, we felt that it was important that um, given the profile of um, the kind of uh, testimony that is provided, uh, it is only uh, logical for us to continue with the kind of conversation. Uh, one would argue, um, amongst others, that there's a positive correlation between uh, leadership and economic performance. Um, this this notion is not only applicable at the country level, but this principle also f- resonates very well with companies. Uh, we, we all know that uh, top countries and corporations are managed and governed along international best practice. And what comes to mind when you talk about that, you know, we talk about uh, principles such as accountability, transparency, ethical conduct, which which uh, finds expression not only documents, but they are lived. Um, and are lived being, um, you know, uh, something that worthy of um, uh, you know, emphasizing. Uh, we know that when institutions are malgoverned, they tend to crowd out investments. And instead of crowding in investments, um, South Africa, you know, um, so far, we're not really doing well in terms of crowding in investment. We know that the president is always on the run uh, trying to raise funding. But be that as it may, there are always these questions. Uh, for example, we know that the rating agencies, one of the critical issues or, you know, issues which um, are often looked at anxiously is the whole issue of um, you know, policy certainty uh, and leadership and management of state on their own enterprises, which has become uh, uh, a very sticky point. Um, so these are some of the issues that um, we will be looking at tonight in trying to uh, locate state capture or find uh, um, you know, uh, pertinent issues uh, as part of the testimony provided by Pravin Godan and and other uh, high top uh, and other top officials, as it were. Uh, if you missed our last week conversation, you are welcome to retrieve our podcast. Our website, uh, go to www.highfm.com and scroll down to Beyond Governance. And uh, if you succeed, hopefully you will uh, retrieve the, the podcast. You know, we, I welcome your thoughts in terms of what the, 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 the conversation has been or your your insight or your take on any other issue that we've spoken about. Uh, our SMS line is 34519. My email address is nimrod at high.co.za and of course the Twitter handle is uh, at highfm. Uh, moving on swiftly, let me thank K- Kathy Kayla, uh, Zanati Kuma, Samon Avusi, uh, DJ Flo. As you know, I'm not always flying solo. I have co-pilot here. Tabo Shabalala, who will uh, assisting the ship as we navigate um, tonight. Um, and moving on, tonight we have, um, you know, uh, 
a colleague that will be joined online, and his name is Carl Wagner. Uh, Carl is the uh, 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 manager at the Blue Sky Psychological Services on, and also a lecturer at West Business School. And and Carl will give us an insight in terms of his own view. I'm sure there's enough material around, um, you know, uh, from a business school side of things in terms of what the state capture is telling us. Um, just before that, I mean, I, I just, you know, I couldn't resist uh, looking at the, 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 the you know, Super Mahuma uh, bid uh, to interdict the NC's interim leadership uh, in the province. And, and when it was, you know, uh, we have just learned that the, 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 the case has been struck off the roll. And that what stood for me as I looked at the verdict. I said, at what point or do people know when to quit? At what point do leaders knowing when to quit. Not only that, do individual rights uh, more important than collective rights? When you've been told that, uh, you know, the, the leadership has been, you know, legitimately put in place and, and you go out and challenge it, but what, what does it really mean? But anyway, that's not the gist of, of tonight's conversation. I just thought that I need to throw out there because it's, you know, these are some of the things that makes South Africa very interesting. On that note, let me welcome Carl, whom I believe is on the line. Um, Carl, good evening. Welcome. Good evening, Imrod, uh, um, and good evening to the listeners. Thank you very much, Carl. Uh, setting the scene, Carl, um, you know, earlier on we've spoken about um, the testimonies delivered by Brother Hogan last week, and now we're hearing the testimony delivered by Provin Godan, uh, and, and who is making some serious allegations in terms of the state capture implicating, you know, the former president in terms of interference. Um, and again, this is a similar pattern we have seen from the previous conversation, wherein Barbara Hogan was also uh, implicating the former state president in terms of him, him being, you know, uh, in your face type of arrangement or literally interfering in the duties of, of the minister. Uh, her view has always been that uh, by virtue of being appointed as the public figure, you are not only accountable, you are not accountable to the individual or the party, you are accountable to the constitution. Um, and, and this for me brings two serious questions, Carl. The first question, how did we end up where we are to a point where we've got state capture? And secondly, how do we build the confidence, uh, public confidence, which is currently in 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 a state that is not uh, desirable? Right, in two interesting questions, and and let's start with the first one. How did we get there? Um, I think we got there through some, for the want of a better phrase, through bad leadership. Um, the, the, the concerning part is that we got there so quickly. Um, in a matter of a couple of years, we have managed to spiral down. So I think it is through a lack of ethical leadership. Um, it is through people who are um, not working for the greater good, but working for individual interests. Um, and I think that's how we get there. And I think the, the, the concern is that happens not only in public sector and in government, it happens in private sector as well. Um, but to me, we got there through incorrect leadership, corrupt leadership, uh, leadership that lacked an ethical foundation. But again, as I say, to me, it's concerning just how quickly you can spiral down, and the same happens in a private sector. But 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 how do we get? You know, that that's one. I mean, which I which I I I agree with you, Carl. Um, your view: What has been the the ramifications of unethical, poor leadership or bad leadership 
in the state of the economy as it were. Mm. Um, and I think that is it is it is very it is very profound the impact that it's had. If you look at the rating agencies and if you look at the the lack of growth in our economy, if you look at Africa and the growth in Africa, be it in Kenya, be it in even um, Tanzania, Rwanda, Uganda, um, in Nigeria, the growth in Africa has been been reasonable and in some cases quite impressive, and yet ours has not. Um, and there are no factors or very few factors that justify us not growing other than um, poor leadership. Um, there's many elements of our economy that are not functioning effectively and could have been and should have been operating far better. So the impact of the poor leadership, or let's call it corrupt leadership, um, on the economy is 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 very strong, and we that's what we're feeling the effects of now. And I think that's what the the ANC is trying to correct at this stage. But it is a very tough challenge um, to try and correct the damage that has been done. And I do believe that a large portion of the damage to the economy is through incorrect um, and corrupt leadership. Thank you very much on that. But let's look at um, the, the, the testimony by uh, Praveen Godan. From where you're sitting, um, what would you consider as the highlight, something that is worthy of, of, of attending to, um, you know, moving forward? For us to move forward? I think that is about it is about a common ethical focus. I think it is about leadership that is for the good of society, for the good of the entity, um, uh, rather than as the good of the individual. I think the concern that we have, Nimrod, is that um, when you talk about uh, the the sort of almost the lack of trust or the breaking of trust that that we have in this country in terms of leadership. That is a huge challenge, and um, I think you've got to link leadership to culture, and we almost have this culture or, or this belief or this attitude of corruption is okay, and that might, might not be what we see as blatant corruption, but it's sort of we can take something here and we can take a shortcut there, and and that becomes endemic, and we have this 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 general attitude of you do things for yourself, you you're not focused on on doing things for society. Thus, we need to not only improve our leadership, we need to improve our leadership to be able to modify, adjust, change, and improve the culture um, of how we do things, how we lead, and how we operate in the society. One might argue, Carl, that uh, some of our leaders are beyond redemption. What's your take on that? <laughs> I think some of them are. I, 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 you know, you'd like to have the belief that all people can 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 improve and can get better, but there's certain people that, um, if they could improve, it would take so long um, and be such an uphill battle that it's unlikely. So I think one's got to look at this in terms of return on energy and how much energy would one have to put into turning somebody around and some people um, the country cannot afford to take that long um, if it was at all possible and that's one needs to find those leaders you need to find those that are are, are are not captured as such and that are people who can lead us into the future I think we need I think we need a continuous drip approach and we need a flood approach by a drip approach means we need to continuously drip the same message over and over and over again. And through that, we can start creating a, a, an attitude, a culture of ethics, of value-based leadership. But I think there's a flood approach where we need some big actions. At a, at, at a ministerial level, um, where big action is taken, where a message is sent that corruption is not okay um, and that the government is dealing with it very strongly and very harshly.
I think the last point you mentioned uh, resonated with most sort of South Africans, particularly when you look at the, the ability or inability to exercise um, diligence, but most importantly, consequence management. Do you think uh, now that you know the new administration is serious about consequence management, particularly in the context of the you know the new NPA boss that is likely to be appointed? And from that point, what sort of character or leadership um, ethos are we looking at? Uh, as a way of 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 the country's uh, um, you know attempt to re- to redefine or redeem itself, because that part will go a long way in establishing public trust. I think that's quite correct. We he need somebody in that position who is independent, and and yes, one can be selected or elected by different parties, but there has to be an individual who is operating for the good of South Africa, who is playing the role for South Africa, who is the protector of this country, and is not playing the role for a particular political party. And I think if they're going to, if if we're going to do this correctly, we have to find that person. That has to first person needs to be non-captured. That person needs to be ethical, um, and they need to be driving. Um, their entire portfolio um, in terms of what is good for this country and what is ethical, what is responsible and values and, and that we are supporting and upholding the values of this country. Would you say the likes of Barbara Hogan and Pravan Kodan display that kind of um, ethical leadership or courageous leadership because it is not easy to stick out like a sore thumb, particularly in the context of the political quagmire we're seeing? I certainly think we're seeing a good level of ethics there, but I think the key point you make is even more important, and that is the courageous. Um, and, and that is the tough part, be it you, be you in public sector or private sector, is the ability to, to stand out, is the ability to go against the flow, is the ability to go against the, you know, the, popular, the popular vote. And that is very, very difficult to do, both in public and private, but that is what a true and remarkable leader is able to do. And, you know, there's a simple phrase, that's why you get paid the big bucks. Uh, and that's a bit of a joke, but it's true. If you're going to have that role, if you're going to have that responsibility, if you're going to have those privileges, you have to adhere to that responsibility and live up to that responsibility and therefore have the courage to be unpopular when necessary. Um, easy to say, not so easy to do, but that is when you're starting to get to the real um, ethical and values-based and values-driven leader. Uh, courageous leadership, ethical-based leadership, I would imagine uh, the likes of Barbara Hogan and other you know, a courageous leadership must have had some kind of a cushion or some kind of a support system because I don't think you, you one would have gather such kind of a stamina without a very sound um, co- um, you know, uh, support structure around uh, which you can always use um, you know, to take your, the, the fight forward. How, how important is support structure, both in terms of the institution, those that are saying, look, we will stand by you irrespective, we will support you irrespective of uh, avalanche of attack that you're going to experience because we, we, it's a fact that every time when you are, are standing out like a sore thumb, you, you are likely going to attract a lot of uh, negativity around you but because of the values that one espouses because of the conviction that one has in terms of standing what is right you do need to have that kind of support how important is support structure or enabling environment that uh, uh, could be taken as as critically important um, for for one's fight no Murad, i think it's i think it's very important i i do have a concern however that quite often it is lacking um, I, I, I feel often that these truly courageous leaders, be it Barbara Hogan or Pravin, um, 
are quite often left out in the cold as such. Um, I'd like to believe that there is a, a, a circle of support. Um, but I think that is part of the tough part of the courageous leadership is when you do stand alone and you don't have that many people who are supporting you. Um, so what am I saying? I think it is vitally important to have the support. I don't know that they always get the support that is required, which shows you just how courageous they quite often are. I think, however, that support structure may well be part of, of, of a solution. Because if we cannot change all of the leaders, but we can create sufficient support for the few courageous ones, that in itself can enable more and more people to be courageous. And that probably links again to values, adherence to values. Um, if we say we believe in something, people need to support that. And if we can create structures and mechanisms that enable an organization to be able to support um, or adhere to those values and support the courageous, then not everyone perhaps has to be the hero, but everybody can support them, and that gives them sufficient um, energy um, and fortitude to continue the battle. I couldn't agree with you more, um, um, you know, Carl. But one of the critical issues that perhaps maybe South Africans are grappling with um, is that, firstly, in the, the commission into state capture is a laudable. It's, it's, it's a commission or a body that is so uh, deeply needed in the country just to restore public confidence um, but for, for, for the confidence to be where it's supposed to be we've had other commissions before and, and not much has happened um, what is it how, how is this commission needs to be driven differently at least from the results point of view so that we can stimulate that kind of public confidence because everywhere you go and say but anyway we have had this how many commissions we have had you know close to 10 uh, what has been the results of this kind of commission? Not much to, to talk about, you know. Um, and, and that tends to really, you know, uh, uh, create this negative vibe. The question for, for, for most South Africans is how different is the commission into state capture? Uh, will it be different? Are we going to see prosecution? Are we going to see people being, you know, uh, brought to book? Uh, because that will be the, the most single important factor which you know define uh, or separate or distinguish uh, you know uh, the state capture commission from the rest of other commissions your take on that I, um, I think very important because bottom line is if we're going to create some form of trust, we are trying to create a culture where people take responsibility and lead in a responsible manner. Um, and I always say it in corporate, but it would apply to any sector. You cannot, you cannot create a culture via a speech. The only way you create a culture or a set of, of, of norms and a set of, of behaviors is actually through how you behave. Um, and, and you see it often in private sector where we have our values and our mission and our vision and we have fancy speeches by the CEO as to what we will be, but a speech does not create a culture. Behavior does. Actions do. And the same applies with the commission. I think the key things that to me stand out for this commission to work and to be different from others is firstly how it is conducted. So it's day, the way it is conducted on a day-to-day -day basis. Secondly is what decisions are reached and that the tough and effective and courageous decisions need to be reached. And then most importantly is once a decision is reached, it has to be actioned. Um, for us to build any form of trust in the leadership and in leadership going forward, it has got to be based on actions. Actions are the equivalent to the behavior. And if we make, if we make speeches, but there's no actions, if we have decisions, but there's no actions, it is not going to create or engender any greater form of trust or belief in the general public.
I couldn't agree with you more, Carl, but perhaps maybe my parting shot is going to be uh, the, 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 the public support for the work of the commission. Um, and, and I just want your, your thoughts around the general perception of the commission. Um, is the commission in your view in the best interest of the general public or it is an elitist uh, uh, configuration? I'd like to believe that. I, I personally believe it is for the general good and uh, value of the public. I don't always know that it's perceived that way by the public. Um, I think my, my perception, and, and it is merely my view, is I think you've got three groups. You've got those who are totally opposed to anything that they do and are going to find fault with the commission at all turns. Um, you're going to find those who are willing to give it a chance and willing to see what comes out of it. And you've got those who I think at this stage perhaps got a bit to the, to the stage where they're so cynical that they sort of have the why bother attitude. Um, I, I don't know that you're going to change the first group, but I think we can try and build the, the size of that middle group to actually let's see what can be done. Let's support the process um, with some caution to be able to see the, the decisions and the actions. But let's try and grow that middle group um, and, and, and it'll minimize the apathetic group. Absolutely. And the apathetic group could be neutralized by the role of the chairperson. I think Judge Zondo is, is doing an exceptional work. In, in in guiding and and uh, you know presenting himself uh, like 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 a typical judge uh, presiding over very complex issues. Your your take on on him as a person whose eyes, not only South African eyes, global eyes on him in terms of how he's managing this. From where I'm sitting, I'm so most South Africans would agree with me. He's doing an absolutely wonderful job. I do think he's doing a great job, and I think we're very fortunate in that in that instance. I think it is important that he continue with that, because very much what you're saying, it's not only the South African eyes, it's the international. Um, and his great job may not change our ratings, but it's certainly going to lead to a success story, a lead to a story that is effective, lead to a leadership that is held to, to book and held to account. I agree. I think he's doing a good job. Thank you very much, Khalid. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you as always. Great pleasure. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me on the show. You're welcome. Uh, that Thanks. was Carl Wagner from Bullsguy uh, Psychological Services as, also, as well as a lecturer at the Vets Business School. He was giving us uh, uh, a lesson or two about leadership, uh, ethos, leadership implications in terms of what the kinds of testimonies that are coming uh, from the commission, as it were. We're going to take a break uh, and we'll come back and, and continue with this kind of conversation. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. Welcome back. It is now 15 to 7 o'clock. Uh, if you have just joined us, I had a conversation with uh, Charles Wagner, who is the, the, the MD at Blue Sky Psychological Services and, lect- and the lecturer at the Best Business School. Uh, he was giving us his insight in terms of uh, testimonies that has been given by, among others, Praveen Godan. And he touched on a number of critical issues that um, I'll just quickly go through. For him, uh, we, you know, because I put, I put it to him as to how did we get where we are? Um, you know, he says, look, uh, the reason why we're here because we, we, we got here as a result of a corrupt leadership. Uh, we got here because individuals or leaderships were captured. We 
we, we got here because we are uh, very few of those leaders in, in government as well as in private sector, by the way, um, is that they did not display sufficient courage. But the testimony uh, proven, uh, provided by the likes of Jonas, the likes of Barbara Hogan, the likes of uh, Pravin Goddard, the likes of Fentimento and so on and so forth, uh, do give us hope in that uh, more and more of leaders who are who are opposed to to this cancer are coming out, and and in them coming out points to uh, you know the, the kind of courage which they have. Uh, I just want to you know talk a little bit about courage because courage um, is almost like going against the grain, and very few people have that kind of backbone to say, irrespective of what I'm likely to lose. I'm gonna lose my I'm gonna lose my comfort. I'm gonna lose my benefits. I'm gonna lose all these other things associated with my position. But because my I'm value driven, but because I I understand and appreciate the bigger picture, I will rather go hungry. And 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 that that is something that is laudable uh, when you look at most of the people who are coming through. And I like what what he also said um, in that um, leadership culture is not produced by speeches. We have enough speeches in the country. Almost every other uh, company, uh, government department and private sector across the board, you know, we have enough uh, of those uh, uh, speeches which don't necessarily translate into action. So for him, um, a good organizational culture uh, is driven by actions uh, uh, actions that are underpinned by values uh, and and that i couldn't agree with, i couldn't agree with him more um come back to 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 you know issues around how the country ended up where it is and the kind of trust we need or or or, or, or trust that is needed to be restored because it is given it, it is common cause that majority of south africans have lost faith have lost trust and it's going to be a very difficult uh, journey for us to go back and regain the glory that you know we 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 knew under the leadership of Nelson Mandela uh, and under the leadership of Tabombeki. Uh, you know, some might some might argue, but but the the appointment of the NPA as one very important uh, entity. Uh, is likely to restore a little bit of faith, a little bit of, of of trust. And however, that will also require a strong political will. The question might be asked, is there sufficient political will on the basis of the outcomes of the commission in terms of following through um, those that are implicated being brought to book? Um, and, and the jury's out there. Your guess is as good as mine. But we all know that for the country to restore the kind of confidence we need is going to be very much important that um, all those are implicated. Uh, justice is seen to be done in terms of them having to face the music one way or the other. That is the only way in which you could go back uh, and, and restore uh, um, our credibility in, in, in our judiciary. If you've just joined me, I welcome your thoughts. Our SMS line is 34519. My email address is nimrod at dossier. And of course, the, the, the tweet handle is at high. I welcome your thoughts while we're taking a break. We'll come back in a second. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. Welcome back. Uh, it's amazing how time flies. It is now 7 to uh, 
uh, 7 o'clock. Um, in view of just joining us, I had a conversation with Carl Wagner, Carl Wagner who is the, the MD of Blue Sky Psychological Services and a senior lecturer at the Best Business School. And his view was essentially on the kind of leadership implications that we can all draw from the uh, state, uh, uh, from the, the commission of inquiry into, st- into state capture. Um, he was more, you know, giving us his, his thoughts uh, or perspective around the kind of issues that we, we need to be guarding against. And, and pertinent to his view was the whole issue of, um, you know, uh, courageous leadership. Uh, we all know that it is not easy for any of the leaders uh, who stood out there and, and defended the democracy and, and at the expense of their own personal benefits. And, and these are some of the things that moving forward will definitely uh, have to see more and more. And what is also quite of what is also quite important is all notion of the so what question. Um, and most people are concerned about the the the, the aftermath of the commission. Um, will it be, you know what sort of results are we looking at? And we all optimistic that um, the, the this particular commission will will gain credibility uh, if some of those, uh, if if not all those people who are implicated, at least are taken through the process and we understand exactly what the legal recourse that, that is there. Uh, and and on, on one of the issues that I think South Africans obviously have to understand is the, from a leadership point of view, is that there is a positive correlation uh, between leadership and economic performance. And this is not only applicable uh, at the country level, but it's also applicable at the corporate level, where there is, uh, or countries or, con- or entities that are managed and governed along best international practice uh, in terms of accountability, transparency, ethical conduct, um, these gov- these governments or these entities and corporations will definitely crown in investment. And South Africa's yearning for, for, for investment, the kind of uh, role show that the president is undertaking Will be seriously undermined uh, if these if if the, if the work of the commission is not going to uh, prove to be you know uh, to be worthy in terms of restoring uh, public confidence, and and critically important is the the, the issue that that the, the the chairperson of the commission is playing, which we all believe that he's doing a, f- a phenomenal work under very difficult circumstances. And we hope and pray that South Africa, uh, uh, in, the, in the next uh, NPA head, will obviously um, uh, will, be neut- will be very neutral and also own or account to nothing else but the Constitution. And those are some of the issues that the country needs to uh, uh, governize itself around. And, and unfortunately, we don't have much time. We're going to have to leave it there. Let me say once again, it has been an absolute pleasure being in your company. I hope to see you or hear from you in the near future. Have a good one.